Father, you are so good to us. Lord, as we look to your word, um, Lord, there is such life within your word. But it doesn't come from just hearing it. It only comes when we are obedient to it. So today, Lord, as we hear the truth from your word, first of all, I pray that you would allow us to hear it. I pray that our hearts would be soft enough to hear it, um, Lord, that we would be open to you and to what you want to do inside of us. But I pray also that your word would take root in our hearts, that it would grow, and that it would produce fruit, Lord, that we would follow the path that you have for us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray this. Amen. Last week, we talked about roles that God has for us. And we talked about the Holy Spirit working in us, but we talked about things that really keep us from doing that. And this week, the Lord was really reminding me of that. And one of the big things that he was reminding me of is mocking. We have, most of us, have a fear of being mocked. And being mocked is, is kind of the extreme of being ridiculed. Uh, being mocked or ridiculed are both based in contempt. Most of us honestly don't fear criticism, okay? Criticism is just, hey, you, you can do that better. But what we don't like is ridicule, mocking. Because what that is based in, that is criticism that, uh, that is on criticism. It's based in trying to demean you. And the reality is, is that it's something that the enemy uses to keep us from doing things. But here's the thing. All of us are also guilty of it. We fear it, but we're guilty of it. And the crazy thing is, is that the enemy actually seduces us into ridiculing people, mocking people, so that <laughs> we will then fear being put in that place. One of the ways I was reminded of this is um, this week I was going through my tack room, just kind of moving some stuff around, and I came across this certificate from 2000. So it was before um, my family and I came here, and the certificate was from rodeo school. And it was uh, from a, a world-famous uh, rodeo person, a world champion, many times over. And I thought about hanging it on the wall. But the reality is, is that part of the reason it's not hanging on a wall is that the sight of it also brings back pain for me. Because it was a time where I was mocked. Now, I don't know about you, but like, when I get mocked, those, those things like really like burn inside of me. And, and more than I want to admit, I find myself wanting to avoid being mocked. Now, okay, <laughs> I'm not talking about the joking mocking, okay? So one of the ways that I show love to you, okay, is to mock you. Um, it, it, that's not what I'm talking about, all right? <laughs> I'm talking about the contempt. I'm talking about, I really dislike this person. I really want to make them look stupid. Have you, ever, have you ever been in that place? I found myself in that place when I went to a rodeo school. I was super excited about it because at that time, um, 
we were actually stepping out of ministry. <laughs> we were stepping out of ministry. I was, I was hurt from that. And I decided, okay, I'm going to chase my dream of rodeo. And so I found this rodeo school. I'm going to learn the skills I need. I'm going to be a rodeo champion. So I went to this rodeo school and it was very exciting. You got all these other guys and they all have the same dream. And uh, we started riding some rough stock, okay? And initially, one of the instructors was just very encouraging to me. And so it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to do this. This is good. But then I spent a car ride or a truck ride with another instructor. And during that time, you know, you just get to know each other. And so I was sharing some of my story and some of my walk with the Lord with this person. And I didn't notice anything in the car ride. I mean, he got a little quiet, you know, whatever. Okay. Well, then later on, I get on another horse and I uh, halfway through Maybe it was less than half, I don't know. Anyways, before the eight seconds, <laughs> I hit the ground. And when I hit the ground, I fall on my side and I knock the air right out of me. And I don't know if you've ever been in that place. I mean, when the air is knocked out of you, you're just like, you can't, you can't move. I mean, you, you, you need air. And in that moment, the two instructors walked over to me and said, get up, you're not hurt. And I mean, whew. all right, I may be a lot of things, but I'm not a guy who lays around when I stub my toe, okay? If I'm on the ground, there's a reason for it. And so I stand up, and these guys are both in their 50s. I'm in my early 20s, but I'm fighting for my air, but I'm thinking, all right, I think I can take these two right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm out of my head. I, I mean, that's... <laughs> And then, of course, this is right in front of all the other students, okay? All the other cowboys. And they're mocking me, telling me I'm weak. I, I mean, in that moment, I will die, okay, to protect my pride in that moment. But I'm fighting for my air. I'm trying to get my air. And in the moment, somehow God gives me grace, and I just take it, and I just move on. And then I remember at the end of the school, they have this little dinner and, you know, they give out little awards and stuff. And again, right there in front of everybody, the instructor says to me, just make sure it's you who wants this and you're not doing it for your wife. And I'm like, what? This is the last thing my wife wants me doing. Like, what are you talking about? It was all based in trying to demean me. Why? Well, looking back on it, what I really think it was is because I was sharing some of my faith walk, and he didn't like that. <laughs> For whatever reason, he didn't want to hear about the Lord. He didn't want to hear what the Lord was doing to me, and so he decided from that point he was going to demean me. I don't know about you, but I can think of many other situations I've been in where out of nowhere, somebody you can tell wants to make you look bad for whatever reason. And one of the things that the Lord is showing me is that this is one of the tools that the enemy uses to keep us from stepping into the things that God has for us. Because, as I talked about last week, many times the Holy Spirit wants to do things in us that aren't natural. But you know what? One of the big ways that we try to avoid mocking and ridicule is we only do things we are really good at and we are the authority in. It's a way of protecting ourselves. 
But here's what I've got to share with you. You can't do that and walk in the Holy Spirit. You can't have it both ways. If you only do the things that you know inside out that you are the authority in, you can't walk in the new places, the new wine that we sang about that the Lord wants to take you into. One of the things that we fear is living our life out in front of others. But that's what God calls us to do inside the church, to live our life out in front of others. If you haven't listened to the podcast with Ashley, listen to that. It was powerful, not because I was in it, but because of what God has been doing through Ashley. And she expressed it because she talked about that fear of living life out in front of others. When you step into something, any kind of service among other people, you're living your life out in front of others and you are setting yourself up for the possibility of being ridiculed and even mocked. But here's the question. First of all, are you willing to do that for the Lord? Because that's what he's calling you to. From the very beginning when he chose Israel, when he chose Abraham and, and all of Israel, it was all to have a people who would live their life out in front of the world. That's what it was. But when we live our life out in front of the world, we, we, we come out into the open where we can be seen. And here's the thing. Even the Son of God, as we're going to look at, was mocked and ridiculed. And he was perfect. You and I are not perfect. And we're bringing in the kingdom though, and we're bringing in a gospel that is offensive to those who want to hide in the dark. And so guess what? They are going to attack, and especially, they're they're, they're going to have way more reason because you and I, we've got our faults. And we mess up, and we sin Even though we preach about freedom and we preach about forgiveness, you and I sin. And I hate that. I hate, part of me, my flesh, hates living my life out in front of you because you get to see it, but also there's a pressure there. You know, when Daniel was talking about Gene passing away and he was talking about his father, Um, You know, there was a time not long ago, I had a grandfather, a father, and a spiritual father. And all three of them are gone now. There's a weight that I feel to step into those shoes. But I don't like it. Why? Because I sin. (laughs) And it's not just because I sin, but then there's a conviction to really work on my sin. I I mean, one of my things that I struggle with, as, as has already come out, is is anger, right? (laughs) And some of you have seen that in other places. If I see something where I think there's injustice, I I lose my head. (laughs) And and I just, whoa. But to walk in God's ways in the midst of that. But here's the thing. It's not just for the preacher. It's not just for the preacher. It's for all of us. The only way that God is going to do the work that he wants to do is by us living our life out in front of others. But part of what holds us back is we fear being ridiculed. So here's what we do. We don't do anything. We sit in the background and we leave it to others. Sometimes others who don't know the Lord. There are things that God is calling you to that you need to step into. But in order for you to do that, one of the things that you have to overcome is the fear of being ridiculed. You're going to be ridiculed. 
But part of what I want to share with you today is the reasons why. Because I really think that when we understand why people ridicule, it will help us to overcome it and not cower to it. Let's look at an example in Scripture. In Matthew 27, um, there is a prime example of this beginning in verse 27. And the scene is that Jesus is about to be crucified. Um, Pilate has decided that he was going to turn him over to be crucified. But instead of the soldiers just taking him to be crucified, he's about to be killed. What else can you take from the guy? No, 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 that's not enough. Instead of marching him out to be crucified, they stop and they make a pit stop. Why? 27 says, Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment. They're about to mock him, okay, if you haven't read this. And I want you to notice, it's not enough for them just to do it. They need an audience. And I hate that. It's bad enough to be mocked, but people look for an audience. But you know what? I do the same thing. I get upset with people, and I want to demean people. And so I don't just have the thoughts. I look for people that I can share the thoughts with. And I'm not just talking about criticism. I'm not just talking about, I don't agree with that. They need to do that differently. I'm talking about, I look to just really degrade them. You know what I'm talking about? That's what we do. We look for the crowd that will listen to us. For those of you on social media, you've all got your little crowds that will listen to the things you say. And the ones that don't, shut them out, right? That's what we look for. And we're all guilty of it because we all struggle with this. I'm not excusing it, but I'm just bringing it out. It's something we struggle with. So they bring out the entire regiment. Then what do they do? Verse 28 says, They stripped him and put on a scarlet robe on him. So once again, he's, he's about to die. They're about to kill him. What do they do? They strip him. I mean, just, you know, I mean, that's one of those things we fear, right? I mean, Adam and Eve, they're like, who cover me up, right? So they strip him down. They, they, they want to make him as vulnerable uh, as possible. But then they put on a, a scarlet robe. And verse 29 says, they wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. And they placed a, a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. And then they knelt down before him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! And then they spit on him. And they grabbed the stick and struck him on the head with it. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe, put on his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. Why? <laughs> They're about to kill him. Why? Because of the insecurities that they have within themselves. These are soldiers. These are soldiers, and there's no doubt that most of them, I mean, obviously they're not following Jesus. They don't, they don't have, you know, Holy Spirit within them. They are fully being led by the flesh. And so 
Um, they are not living up to what God created them to be. Without God, none of us are. That's the situation. That's why we need God. And all of us have the sense in us that we are not who we were created to be. And so our options are, are to surrender to the lordship of Jesus or to look for it in other ways. And so what these soldiers were doing is they were looking for it in other ways. And that's probably part of what led them into being a soldier. They probably just weren't there to you know, sacrifice their life. They were probably also looking for some power to try to fill the void that they felt inside of them. But what they found was it didn't fill it. They still had bosses telling them what to do. They didn't feel the power and, and, and whatever they were going for. So then they had this opportunity. Here came Jesus. And there's no doubt that they had heard stories about Jesus. They'd heard stories about Jesus healing people, setting people free from demons. This guy had a following. There's no doubt that everywhere they went, they heard people talking about Jesus. And now Jesus was in their grasp. And they were going to kill him, but that wasn't enough. They wanted to demean him also. Why? Because what they were going for was power. That's what they wanted to feel. But here's what you need to know. It's not going to work. And so when I'm demeaning somebody, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm desiring to hurt them and I'm desiring to feel some kind of power myself, but it doesn't work. The only way that I can get what I'm needing is through surrendering to the Lord. That's the only way I can get what I'm needing. And in surrendering to the Lord, by the way, this is something we're going to get into, what the Lord's going to lead you to do is He's going to lead you to live your life out in front of others and to step into things you wouldn't normally do. And you do that, it opens you up for ridicule as well. And what happens is you are then less likely to ridicule others. The armchair quarterback... We talk about that, right? Or quarterback has all the right answers. Why? Because he's not out there on the field. Maybe it's because he's not good enough, or maybe it's because he's scared. But he's not out there on the field. See, here's something else I want to get into. When you and I are not stepping into the places that God has for us, and we're sitting in the background, we've got more time on our hands. What are we doing with it? We're ridiculing other people that are actually out there trying to make a difference and trying to do something? Are they doing it perfectly and right? No, but they're out there doing it. You see, when you step into it, you're going to have more grace for those because you know you're a target as well. And you know how it doesn't feel very good. But when you step back and you say no to God and you don't step out there, you're more likely to ridicule. And you know, if you're a follower of Jesus and you have the label Christian, you're probably pretty good at how to do it in a way that, you know, doesn't bring too much attention. Because, you know, I mean, you don't want to do something obvious like these soldiers, right? So, you know, you have your little group that you ridicule with and you laugh about, okay? How do I know this? Because I do it. My flesh gets drawn into that. But again... What I find is it actually works against me because when I'm sitting around and I'm ridiculing people who are out there doing something, I'm less likely to step into it because I don't want to do it. 
So these soldiers found themselves in a place where they weren't out doing what Jesus is doing. They weren't trying to do what Jesus is doing. So what could they do? Well, they could ridicule and mock him. And, and, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to grasp, again, it's something that God actually intended them for, but they're going about it the wrong way. And I want you to see how powerful this is. Because again, they're about to kill him. Why would you do this? This is how strong the desire is within us. I want you to see that. And I want you to see that all of our flesh, we desire to do this. So how do we keep from stepping into that? Well, part of the way that we keep from stepping into that is that when God calls us to step into some kind of ministry or service, whatever it is in which we live out our life before others, we step into it. Now, again, part of the reason we don't is because we fear being ridiculed and mocked. How do we get around that? Well, part of the way that we get around it is we understand where it comes from. You're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be mocked. Why? Because there are people not living out what God has for them. And so what are they going to do to you if you start living out what God has for you? That's going to bring about conviction. And so they're going to want to try to tear you down. And, and I, I wish I could make it, you know, take it away, but I can't. It's there. But part of the way that we can walk through it and we can receive it is that the hope that as they see you living your life out before them, living a life out that follows the Lord, that eventually they say, you know what? I've been mocking this and I've been ridiculing this, but I want to live that kind of life we're going for. That's what God has called us to. He's called to live out our lives in such a way that other people would want to be a part of that. That's what the scripture talks about. But honestly, in, in all honesty, how much of that do we have today? How much of that do we have? You know, when you talk about our church, for instance, we talked about this last time. How many people are looking at our church and saying, there's something different there? I think there is some of that. I really do. I think there's some of that. But I don't think it's at the level that God's going for. I think He's going for more. How does that happen? It happens from you saying yes to the Lord. And I'm sorry, but it means you're going to go through some ridicule. But you can get through it when you understand what's going on with them. Jesus knew it was coming, but it didn't stop him. He moved on. Why? Because it was going to impact lives. I am preaching here because God has called me to it, okay? But also in that, I'm doing this I'm trying to live my life out before you so that you will live your faith out before others. I'm not doing it so that you will sit idly by. Don't do that to me, okay? 
Because my flesh doesn't want to be here either. I want to hide also. I don't want to go out and do new things where I'm set up to be mocked. I, I, I want to stay with the people that I know and can trust, and I want to only do the things that I'm really good at and I'm an authority in, because I'm not kidding. The older I get, I get really tired of, of people showing contempt and trying to tear me down. But you know what? That's not what God has called me to. He's called me to live out my life before others, which is going to happen imperfectly. You're going to have reasons to tear me down. You're going to have reasons to mock me. You're going to have reasons to say, that's ridiculous. But I'm going to do it because that's what Jesus did for me. And that's what he's calling me to do for them. And I got to tell you, the little mockings that I've endured are nothing compared to what Jesus went through. Nothing. So, am I willing to do it? I want to say yes. But I got to tell you something. I'm going to have a whole lot easier time saying yes if you say yes. And I see you do it. Because that's going to encourage me. And then I'm going to say, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And then you know what? There are others that are going to say, I, I, they are living their life. They're not just sitting around in a pew. I, I want that. There is something in them that they're stepping into new territory. I want that. And then it's going to multiply. And then it's going to multiply. And it's going to multiply. Now, is it going to multiply to everybody? No, there's still going to be the mockers. If you read scripture, it's there the whole time, even up until the end. It will remain. But it will impact lives. But it takes you and I saying yes. Say yes. Lord, thank you that you choose to use us. That you um, place your kingdom within us. And you demonstrate your kingdom to others through us who are imperfect vessels. But yet, by your grace and by your power, we are able to do and say things that are outside of us and beyond us. But Lord, we need faith to step into that. And so I pray for that. I pray for faith in the hearts here. Lord, first of all, if there's one who's never turned their life over to you, I pray that today they would turn it over to you. And I pray if there's others, Lord, that they're saying no to you. They're, they're trying to stay in the background, Lord, that they would step forward and say, yes, Lord, I, I want you to live through me in front of others, knowing that it's going to bring some ridicule at times, but also knowing that through it, lives are going to be changed and your kingdom is going to be advanced, Lord. Thank you that you're advancing your kingdom here. Thank you that the plans that you have are greater than we can fathom. Help us to say yes in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would stand as we in our time.